I'm telling you, he's been disgruntled for two seasons. Yeah. So, so just wait until you know he doesn't perform in Winnipeg and the Canadian media is all over him. Yeah. And then he's gonna wish he was back in LA. And then it's freezing cold, and his girlfriend leaves him because she's yeah. from SoCal. This is L.A. Kings Fan Talk with your boys, Rodney, Rob, Darren, and Mike. What's up, everyone? We are finally back from our postseason golf vacation, and we're ready to talk some Kings hockey. Uh, let's start with the trades. So before we get to the big trade, let's talk about what led up to it. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Kings sending Sean Dursey to the Coyotes for a second-round pick? I like it. Uh, trading Dursey was uh, value as high as possible, so second round's good enough for him. Uh, I'm all team Spence, so ready for him to hop in. He deserves it. Uh, I mean, points per game. <laughs> Uh, his points per game in Ontario are out of the, out of control. So, and he, I mean, he played for us in uh, in the playoff series against Edmonton, not this past season, but the year before, and he looked more than well enough ready to play. So, I'm all team Spence. Yeah, I, I agree with Mike. I think it was a good trade. Like, I think Jersey, he was. Uh, it sucks to lose him. He's a 25 year old power play guy, on the right side. But we have too many guys behind him that are pushing him out and. We don't want him playing on the left side again. So I think to get what we got for him, probably would have been fine seeing him get a little bit more, but, you know, high second round pick, probably more than good enough. All right. Rob, what would you think? Well, I think my answer is going to be double-sided on most everything we talk about today because there's there's so many nuances to all these little moves. I think Dursey – had a little more value, but it's hard to say what do you, well, what's more than a second round, a first round. Is he worth the first round? Probably not. But I think he could have been part of a package to grab something a little more. I just I thought he had a little more value. There's there's a little more value left on the table there, I think, because he's NHL ready, obviously. He's already got Plenty of experience. He's one of the few guys that are feisty enough on our team. Um, runs the power play. He's, he's offensive-minded to the core. I mean, it, yeah, he has lapses, and I'm the biggest critic of him. I, we chased that one point he blew in the first game last year. I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, but I hated to see him go but I'm okay with getting that draft pick back. But now I'm not okay because we sent it away. So, Hey, Rob, if he doesn't cough up, cough up that uh, puck against Vegas, game one, probably a first-round pick, right? Yeah. The, the return? No. But we've probably got that point when when it probably chokes off a couple of the teams. I think Vegas chokes because it – they wouldn't have played as well as they were at the end of the year because we're too much in their hip pocket. It changes a lot, actually. He's saying, yeah, we would have won the cup. That's what he's saying, basically. Probably. <laughs> All right, well, you touched on it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. What do you got? I mean, dom- domino effect. We want to talk about, like, domino effect, right? Like, if Vegas and Edmonton had played each other the first round and we had Edmonton in the second round, we could easily beat Edmonton in the second round because then we would have had Fiala and 
in a way, we kind of wore down Edmonton because they started running 11-7 for like four games, right? So McDavid. So you're basically to, saying what I just said. Yeah, yeah. I'm just backing you up right. is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. supporting you. You know? Good wingman. I'm supporting you. Is that okay? That's right, Iceman. <laughs> you made me feel like Goose went Iceman right now, so. Well, that leads us into the major trade that went down a couple days ago with the Kings acquiring Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Jets. In exchange for Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kapari, and that second-round pick we were just talking about. All right, Rob, what are your thoughts on this trade? Once again, don't mind what we gave up. Really don't. Velarde, restricted free agent, disgruntled. You know, we've, we've talked on our podcast over over the last two seasons, I th- I think he's been disgruntled ever since he got sent down early, and then hey, you got to go work in the minors on some things, and then we pull him back up, and you could just see when he was successful, there was always a chip on his shoulder, and it wasn't a chip to like to everyone out in hockey land. It was a specific chip to like the upper management of the Kings, like. I don't know. I just always felt he was disgruntled. But anyways, him leaving, I don't know. You know, I, th- I think he would have been that arbitration deal coming up. An arbiter sees that he scored the 20 goals and, you know, the few games as he played. And it, he might have been expensive. So him leaving, um, had, had to move follow because of the cap. Here's a guy. I mean, how good. Everyone loves him, but. Really, he's had his chance. First first line, minutes, never scored 20 goals in the seasons he's been here. I don't know how much we really lose there. I know people are going to scream, oh, but he's he's a glue guy and everyone wants him on his line, whatever. He hasn't produced like a $4 million player. Does the little things, bruh. Yeah. And, and, and on top of that, he was like slotted to be a $4 million fourth liner, right? Yeah, basically. And uh and the other part of it was who? Kapari. And Kupari, oh my god. That one hurts a little. That's your, man, that's your man crush, man. What, Leo. What, baby what, Leo. Mine too. He's he started banging throwing the body. We lack body bangers and goaltending. So we get rid of a body banger. And then and then throw in that draft pick that we so desperately need. And the Kings are I, trying to get bigger, and they give up two of their biggest guys in Velarde and Kapari. All in all, all, in all you, you, you package that up, and you sit there and go, well, this is the luxury of having all these assets. You know, your, your cup runneth over, right? So, so we get rid of some guys. It opens up spots. Like you said, Spence could come in now, now that Dursey's gone. Um, some... Calia gets might start getting a little more more burn out there. Those things are all good, but now we bring in Dubois at eight years, eight and a half million. There's a guy, there's guy, there's Twitter guys out there that say he's worth it. I don't know if he's worth it, but because look at I, I said look at Arvidsson. Arvidsson's had three sixty point seasons plus seasons. He's had 30 goals, but did all that when he was 25. 
did he get eight and a half million for eight years? I, the, I don't understand why. I, it just seems like a lot of money. I think they're saying, you know, in a few years with inflation and the cap sure getting higher, it's by then it's going to be a good deal or something like that. So. All I that being up, said, I looked, up, I looked up the two guys closest to him uh, with newer contracts. It's Bo Hor- Horvat and uh, Timo Meyer. No, not T- no, no. I'm talking about like centers uh, that signed recently. Not and Timo Meyer's a little higher, but right. it was Bo Horvat and Hughes eight five. Yeah, yeah. He's eight, eight, he's eight times eight five. Yeah, they yeah. were the same. Um, and they they were like last season they were like points per game. I think there was eight point. Or uh, 0.89, and uh, Dubois was like 0.86 points per game. He's going to play a full 82. But, and then I, I sat there and said, and then you throw on the, the baggage of being in two spots and wanting out of two spots. Whether he asked for the, the trade or not, didn't ask for the trade, I know he just said, no, I'm not re signing. But to say that publicly the way he did, it just comes up, especially after demanding leave in the first place. I don't know. I, I think we caved a little. I think there was overpayment. But at the end of the day, we are better. Until, hold that thought, until the next we have to get rid of Arvidsson to sign a goalie. Now we're kind of hurt, I think. If we get rid of Roy... If we get rid of Roy, I think we could survive that a little more than getting rid of Arvidsson. Did you read my notes? I don't no. know. I don't know. But I was just going to say, I first, wonder if we should. I was going to say, Darren, what do you think? Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 let, let Rob finish. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, no, Rob finish. I, I, no I, this is why we're discussing this, too. Yeah. I thought about that, Darren. Why not Roy instead of Jersey? But then with Jersey there, Jersey and Spence, to me, are more alike than than anything sure. people don't, don't ever all you people out there trying to say spence and clark are the same you better bite yeah. your tongue they're not the same they're clark's gonna be better than dowdy but i think uh i think spence comparing spence and jersey i think spence is a better skater plays better defensively and i mean you compare their ontario numbers right offensive numbers and Spence blows Jersey's numbers out of the water, so hopefully that translates to the next level, right? But Rob, I'm on the same page as you. Somebody needs to move, and the three people I think of are Arvidsson, Moore, or uh, Roy. And I think right. the one that hurts us the least is moving Roy. Right. Um, we're not getting rid of. We're not getting rid of Moore's contract. It's too long. I don't think a team's willing yeah. to take it. Arvidsson at you know one year left. Roy, one year left. I think they're easy to move, actually. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Darren, what do you think about that trade? I think initially I was in the Rob camp of it was an overpayment, but I'm in the camp now of it's it's fun. Oh, I, I you watched the, you heard that little Velarde oh, uh, no, no, <laughs> interview excerpt, and now that. you hate him, right? Yeah. It's it's not even that. The only thing I think that is because we don't know the next move, it puts a lot of like confusion about what we're doing. But I think this just like Rob said, it makes us better. And I think we have one year of kind of like really cap hell. And then next year it kind of like gets reset a little bit between the cap going up and all the guys coming off. So 
I, I, I don't mind it. Like, I think getting PLD, like it gives us, it turns us from, you know, the team that rolled four lines. Now we're going to roll three lines and we're going to kind of have a fourth one. That's just kind of like a specialist line or kids or whatever that we probably well, barely play. Trades, not lines. No, I know. I know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying like that, the way it works out is we had, we had 10 top nine forwards going into that trade. And now we have nine top nine forwards and like, it hurts us depth wise in the sense of we can't absorb an injury as, as well, but you, you don't play to injuries. Like uh, you can't do that. Like, so I, I think it helps us out. We, we now have a set. It helps set up where we're going. So I, I like it. I, I think what, what's frustrating a little bit is reading so much Twitter and listening to, to message boards and all that stuff that fan wise, I'm happy. Because I think, I like I said, I think we're better. So I'm happy as a fan. But the armchair GM and everybody, we all think we know more than, than the pros, right? Heck, yeah, Rob we do. Blake, Rob Blake's yeah. an idiot. Actually, he's gets paid a lot of money to not be an idiot. So, <laughs> And we're we're the idiots thinking that, that we know better. And I think that's where it gets a little frustrating is, come on, there, we could have gotten more out of that. And who knows? Maybe we couldn't have. We have no clue. Yeah. Did you I mean, guys maybe maybe Montreal came over with like uh, oh they they were offering Caulfield so we need the second round pick and your deal's better. Yeah, who knows? You know what I mean? Like who knows? Yeah, who knows? Did you guys watch that first interview with Pierre Luc? And what did you guys think? What was your first impression? I, I think he, I, I definitely believe that it was a dream come true to come to LA. That's. 100%, believe I believe that. You sure that was a oh, dream yeah. come true, or was oh, it the yeah. money? <laughs> I, I think it was. <laughs> I think money. it was the opposite of uh, Velarde's interview. You know, he wants to yeah. be here, and yeah. Velarde didn't. Well, Darren, having spent a lot of time in Winnipeg, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with what Darren says. Either way, I think it was fun. Like, I, I think he said a lot of the right things, and you know, I think he's right. gonna be a fun addition to the team. I love people trying to stick up for for Velarde still. You guys are taking it out of context. <laughs> well, he only meant like. Not the die-hard fan, man. You guys, that's just like you saying I don't know what he was thinking. You don't know what he was thinking either. So shut your mouth. I'm taking he, it as a fan. He said I'm that. Offended. He said that, and then like qualified it after. Like he was like, "Oh, they, LA's not really a hockey town," and he's like, "I mean, they have their fans, but like you know, the rest of them." It's like okay. that's that's what I'm saying. So anyone out there trying to tell me what he thought because there's no way I know what he thinks. I'm going to say the same thing to you. There's no way you know what he thinks either. And I'm offended because I heard what I heard. And I'm taking it personally. So, yeah, and he strikes me as a kind of a sensitive, take it to heart guy, right? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's been, I'm telling you, he's been disgruntled for two seasons. Yeah. So, so just wait until, you know, he doesn't perform in Winnipeg and the Canadian media is all over him. Yeah. And then he's going to wish he was back in LA. And then it's freezing cold and his girlfriend leaves him because she's yeah. from SoCal. Blah, blah, blah. When I was watching that interview with Pierre Luc, I think what I liked the most about it was uh, when they asked him, What are your thoughts on being able to play with Kopitar and Janot? And he could he just lit up and he got this big old smile on his face. He was so excited. You could see it before he even talked. So that's that's what I liked about that interview. But. What about the trade? The trade was uh I pretty like everybody else, I was pissed off with the amount we were giving up uh, to get him especially with the talk around the league of you know oh he's gonna quit he's gonna want he's gonna want to leave in like a year or two uh he's a 
drama queen, all that kind of stuff. But after doing more research and, uh, you know, cooling down a little bit, I, I think uh, we might be pretty good this year. So I'm on board with the trade. Uh, I just hope he can live up to that 8.5 million here. We'll see. So beyond that now, you think we're going to be better this year, but I still think playoff-wise, we need body bangers, and I'm looking at at the lineup. There's not. I'm, there's not many there. I, yeah, I'm. I'm. I love Arthur Kaliev, but he needs he needs to yeah. change his game. He's too well, big to be that soft. Lazat's too his problem is to be he's that too tough. slow. He's too slow to be a body banger. Yeah, um, can't hit anybody. You still, you could reverse hit thing. You could still be physical. Um, I'm just. Quentin Byfield better figure things out quickly. Yeah. Hey Mike, go ahead. What did you think about the trade? Uh, first time back in a long time, right? So do a little bit of research. Uh, Columbus quotes, right? On the way out, Columbus quotes. Let me read you something real quick. On playing with lack of effort. He's a sublime talent. He's suburb, uh, effortless skater, and he's used to getting by on his talent alone. Effort is optional. Sublime hands, great vision. Uh, he only uses these assets to get by with the least amount of effort possible. Could be the best player in the Filardi game today. That you're talking about? Could be the best player in the game today if he chose to be. He doesn't choose to be, and for that choice, Columbus fans will continue to hate him. Jeff Carter. Right. What? Jeff Carter. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I got it right in the first one. Yeah. So what are you saying? Exactly. All right. They said the same thing so, about Dubois? They said the same thing. Well, they didn't actually say that about the Wah, but that's what they said about Carter, right? And right. look what happened when we got Carter, right? So who, I mean, TLD, he's not the first person to try to get out of Columbus, right? And he was under Tortorella. Carter wasn't even under Tortorella, right? Never asked for a trade out of Winnipeg. We all assumed he did, but he just told him, he followed Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau. That's the trend right now. I'm not going to resign is all he said, right? So Winnipeg says, all right, well, we got to trade him so we don't get something for nothing. So, like, when I look at that, I'm like, all right, you know, the attitude about it, whatever. Like, we can kind of forget about that. All the Winnipeg inter- interviews I've heard, they said he was, like, their best player through the first 50 games. Uh, last year he put up, like, really great points, and he was playing with Kyle Connor, who scored his career high in goals, 41 goals, playing with uh, Dubois. So it's, like, a perfect match if you put him and Fiala together, right? Uh, but yeah, when I first heard the trade, you know, obviously had the same reactions as everyone else. Like, God, it's a lot of assets, but in the end it's, you know, it was between us and Montreal and we had more NHL ready players. So that's who we traded and, uh, kudos to Blake for like not letting it slip away, not chancing it. Right. Just throwing everything he has at it to make sure you get the deal done. That's how I felt about the trade. So you did, uh, you went through all that just to say kudos to Blake. I, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. The reason this trade happened, right? I blame Byfield for this, right? If, if he would be playing to his expectations, if he would even well, show glimpses of being able to take over for Kopitar. Well, if you can't blame Byfield because all this, like the team scouts said, like he's going to be a pro, or he's not a project, but he's going to take longer to develop. So more blame the scouts more than Byfield. But not Blake for drafting him. Well, he doesn't make the decision. It's his his draft team that tells him who to draft. Oh, right? No, Blake. This is he gets the final he decision. Could, yeah, he could so, he could pick whoever he wants. Yeah, but the only reason our our team for whatever reason is great at drafting two through seven rounds, 
but the first round we miss all over and over and over again right that's just how the, the high field the last person to really hit in the first round was Kempe, and it took him forever to hit. I just hope that uh, Byfield ends up being a decent winger at some point. We'll see. And um, he can still be center. Yeah, he can still be center. He's still young, and all this does, he's, all this does, he's twenty, give, man. Relax. Yeah, all this does is give Byfield all the time in the world to develop. Right? There's yeah. no pressure on him to develop. So you guys think they would have traded for Pierre Luke if Byfield was doing amazing? As a first or second I think line center, still would have. If it's the same cost, we're not trading Byfield. So you're going to play him the fourth line or the third line? You're going to make Dano the fourth line center? Think about no, it. Some, Think about it. Dubois played the wing last year. Yeah. So since all it talking, is all it is is security for when Kopitar finally falls off. So okay, so let's talk about that right there. That's what I'm talking about. When we with what we got right now, if you start talking about lines. <laughs> he found Dineau, a way. He found a way to get the lines. I think Dano is you know your your quintessential second line shutdown center ryan kessler you know all those guys that they this is their job to be a second line center because the defensive end of it you don't want to put them down to third because you know it's third line shut you don't shut down third lines you shut down top two lines so if you stick deno in second line center and don't move them what about putting Kopi third line and have Kopi, Byfield, Kaliev on that third line? And now you're looking at that top line of PLD, Fiala, and Kempi. That, those three guys right there off of last season's numbers would be a top line, a top five line in the league. Are you reading my? Are you reading my notes, Rob? What's going on? No, uh, actually, uh, I have something similar to what you're saying. Not as drastic. I would put Kopitar on the second line, and I would run PLD on the uh, as the number one center. Right. But I'm just saying, if you put Kopitar down there, take away him playing against other teams' top lines, how much better can Kopitar do offensively from a third line standpoint? With a couple of young kids running around doing all that other but stuff. But Rob, Rob, do we want to pay our third line center ten million dollars? Like, come on. That's this. Think last all the Twitter. Year. That's this yeah. last year. Okay. What's so think about all the Twitter people are going to. This is the last year of ten years. How, how many this third line centers would be ecstatic to make ten million dollars to play in third line? Right. Right. No, huh. I, I, I don't think it matters. I think I think however the lines shake out, like we have a great top nine. I think the only three that are set in stone is probably more Arvidsson to know if they don't get traded. If one of those three gets traded, obviously, like. Right. Who knows what we're going to do? But which is why uh, I said trading Arvidsson kind of will hurt a little bit because we kind of like that line. It definitely will. Yeah, I think like I don't even think there would be. You can say like here's the first line, second line, third line because I think what they should do is just those top three lines distribute them evenly, right? And like good luck trying to stop those three lines, right? Yeah. It, I said it. I said it earlier. They're going to roll three lines. It's going to be we. It. Uh, Colorado fourth, did this the when they won the cup. Filler Miller, so right. well, yeah. Colorado did this when they won the cup. They had, they had what they did is they made units, a five-man unit, right? And so basically you had three five-man units, and then your fourth line is just guys who play in different situations. Maybe they get a couple minutes here and there, five on five. And that's what the Kings are going to do. They're moving to that system this year. Like well, and it looks like we, we could have easily like again, like it goes back to Edmonton because we lost to them the past two years, right? And what did they do? Like they were lucky that Fiala was out for most of the series and he was injured, right? 
But like, what do they do? As soon as they got in trouble, they stacked their line. They stacked McDavid and Drysdale together. Well, good luck doing that when now we have three lines where we can run on the no problem. And you're not going to be able to stop all three lines. It's We don't have three lines until Byfield and Kaliev decide to stop being young true, and crappy. They need to be young and good. So as much as people want to say the three line stuff, we don't have three lines unless those guys take steps forward. But if you're going to dis- distribute the minutes, he's going to get the least of it. That line's going to get the least of it. Because you can't have all three of those lines not on the ice as much as possible. Kopitar, Kempe, Byfield, right? Or whoever they want to put next to him. And then Fiala and uh, PLD together, whoever's on their right. Moore and Dano will be together and whoever's on their right. So Harvison could play with PLD and Fiala. He could play with uh, Chromiak. Yeah, it, it could move around. But yeah, there's there's some guys that are that are ready to step up. Yeah, and maybe and maybe if Kaliev's not ready, yeah, like you said, Lafreniere, uh, Bajamo, like those guys Leferrier, are ready. Lafreniere, Lafreniere's in New York. Fagimo, yeah, yeah, yeah. same yeah. thing. This trade definitely put a lot of eggs in the like the prospects are ready. Like it's time for them to you know shit or get off the pot. Basically, like it's time. Like. Kaliev, Fagino, Madden, Turcot, all of those guys. Like, I think Turcot's probably the last one on the list because they, I think they look at his injury situation just like, just be healthy for a season before we. How care about, about how, do, how about let him be on the fourth line this coming year? Yeah, when he breaks, just I mean, okay, you're done. Come up here, play 100 miles an hour. When you finally crack and break again and again and again, just okay, you've had enough chances. Yeah, when's his I mean, last chance? I mean, who knows what's going on with the Kiel Thomas, but maybe he shows up in camp and he's great. He's always been a high prospect, but he's also been injured. And they can always get like a cheap veteran, right? And maybe that's there's not a there's not a lot of cheap veterans out there that you that you're Oh, really there will be. There will the, be. The names are like Zach Aston Reese and uh it's it's pretty it's pretty grim. So speaking of the five amount of money units, speaking of five man units. To make five men, you got to talk about defenders. Obviously, Dowdy and Anderson are our top pairing, but there's a lot of people out there that think Gabrikov and Roy were had the chemistry that that's going to be our second pairing. I'm all for letting Gabrikov and and Clark be the second pairing because I think that's almost an exact duplicate of Anderson and Dowdy. Here, here, and if we were the coaches, that would probably happen, but we're not the coach, so you know what he's going to do. Well, well, it's it's what we were talking about before. We don't have enough cap room. Somebody needs to get traded. I think Roy is the most expendable. How do, how do we not have enough cap room? They just said today they want we to don't. get a goalie between the one and one point three million range, and they're set. Well, good luck with that, right? No, we we, no, we no, want. That's, that's, it no, sounds like they want Copley to to run the show and just have a veteran backup goalie. Hey, that's what so, it sounds okay. like. Okay, you just said his name, so we might as well talk about it. Real Let's fast. talk about it. Look at what what makes Aiden Hill and Copley different. Wait, what right? That's Cop- true. That's true. Why, That's isn't, it, why isn't Copley uh, a playoff goalie? He never played in the playoffs. Right? So they didn't give him know. a chance. Give him a chance this year. What is that? Tim, Tim Thomas didn't play in the playoffs till he was like 30 years old, right? Look at all he did was win, 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 no matter what. That's what he did last year. Just right. give him a chance to do it all season. See what Let's he's got. See what happened. Yeah. If it something works. happens and he sucks and we have to make a trade, then then we talk about making a trade before right. the deadline. But exactly. Let's roll with it. Yeah, that. That's a good point. That's a good point. We probably don't have to. 
Everyone's talking about Copley. So bring back Quick. Just kidding. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, so when everyone hates Copley, hey, we got goaltending issue. Goaltending issue, goaltending issue. I get it. I I agree because we only have the one. But what's wrong with that one? Well, he's he's kind of a wild card, right? Because, like. Is he? I thought he played half our season and we were a pretty damn good team with him playing. But that's that's half a season over a whole career, right? In the NHL. Hey, you're putting a lot of eggs in the fact that he's going to duplicate what he did last year. But I think he can with our defensive structure and the guys in tell front of him. Tell me why he wouldn't duplicate what he did last year. I, I don't I'll, know. I'll, you tell, know I'll tell you why he will do it because he did it. Tell me why he won't do it. And, and I, I Darren, don't you can. think our team is stronger today than it was at the end of the season? <laughs> Yeah, so oh yeah. why wouldn't maybe he do not, better right? with a stronger team in front of him? Yeah, I agree. I didn't see no, it. It's possible, like, like Darren said, it's a lot of eggs in one basket. Yeah. That's. I think that's the only fear is like you're. We are putting like that that lot of eggs in one basket, and it's like if we have kind of a failure point, and it's 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 scary. But you know. So you're saying we need those eggs to produce? Yep, pretty much. So look, the the thing is. This is what every other team has dealt with for a long time. We, we as Kings fans, are, are very blessed that we had Jonathan Quick in our lives for 16 years, 17 years. And we're going to get him back, so don't <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's going to sign a one-day contract and retire with us. Quick, quick on the minimum. But uh, this is the reality of being a fan when you don't have a top five, top ten goalie. You cycle them every year. You're, you're getting a new goalie. Like, look at every team. They, oh well, this year, you know, we got this guy well, in goalie. Worked out for Vegas. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, Rob, Rob and Rodney know better, and I know a little bit. But uh, back in the day, before Quick, there was definitely plenty of goalies that ran through LA. Yeah, hundred percent. And so I think, like, this is going to be the reality. You don't pay a goalie unless they're a top five goalie. Like uh, that's why I was kind of leaning away from paying Hellebuck. He's really good, but he's almost thirty. Oh, you mean like what, I, like what Rob Blake did to an unproven goalie? <laughs> Master class. Master. I mean, class. that was based off of what his results were, and it was only three years. Like I, I, I think, I think a three-year deal is short enough time to be fine. But like you pay him long-term a lot of money, that's a problem because goalie is so so funky. So I, I think I'm fine with them throwing a dart and getting a Lauren Brossois or one of the Carolina goalies who doesn't sign there, like any of those guys get them cheap and that's it. I, I think Rob saw my tweet, you know, a couple weeks back. Someone was like, Oh, who are the Kings getting? I was like, whoever's cheapest doesn't fucking matter. Like, so. Agree. Backup. And then, but see, to me, what we're talking about is a backup goalie because Phoenix Stopley is plenty good right now. And until he's not, He's not. Or Agreed. He is. Yeah, and if he's not, then we uh, look to make a trade for the deadline. Yeah, or maybe Eric Portillo's ready. Maybe. 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 You know, one, one quick note. Back to Vlardy. The one thing I forgot to mention is... It may be a blessing in disguise because when he went down with like two or three weeks left in the season, I know we all had the same moment, the mo- the same thought in that moment. Like, oh shit. His back, he's done. I hope his back. Yeah. yeah. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. Is what my back? Saying. My back and my neck. Yeah. 
and and I think and I think he's probably in his contract negotiations. The Kings wanted a bridge deal, and he wanted eight years because in case his back goes out, we'll never know. Yeah, hey, don't let the door hit you on the way out. All right. Let's talk about the draft. All right, whoever wants to jump in and talk about these picks, go feel free to jump in. So, second round. Jacob Dvorak or Jakub Dvorak. Six foot five, two hundred and three pound left shot defenseman. Anybody want to jump in and talk about him? Glad we I got think the size and we put yeah. Maddie's left handed. I think this one was kind of like a project kind of thing. They see a lot of upside, but it's gonna be five, six years before he's closer ready. So so, so like, who, who would you compare him to uh, on a King Stanley Cup championship team? Like a maybe a taller, uh, uh, maybe a little less offensive like version of Willie Mitchell? It's going to take him four or five years before he's even sniffing, you know, being That's productive. I would like to say we drafted organ, probably organ, organization need rather than best player available. But when that need is going to take that long to develop, you start going okay, but I'm okay. I'm okay because anytime you can draft big guys on the back end, I'm I'm that's my jam right there. I'm and, not a little guy like her, like Mike. And yeah. big guys that can skate, he he can actually skate yeah. pretty decent. So actually, we'll actually remember him in World Juniors that we've watched and stuff like that. He's he's not bad. I think this pick too was partly because. I can't remember what position he holds, but one of the Kings like scouts or directors of player development, like was his coach or played with him and right. is going to be his coach next year. Right. right. And so the, it's like, he, we know he's a, lot a about Nepo him. baby. Yeah, pretty much. So like it, it's, so it's probably a pick that's, you know, maybe a little bit of a reach cause we know him, but I think it's kind of a project pick. And like Rob said, with the size and skating, like if he develops, he could be pretty good. So. All right. In the third round with our second pick. Cohen Zemer, six foot, one hundred and ninety-five pound right shot winger out of Canadian Major Junior League. So uh, the wife, I don't, you know, she just likes to regurgitate what she hears all the time. So the Zimer kid, oh, he's like Dustin Brown. <laughs> it's like okay, because you heard somebody say that. Okay. Well, the, the knock on him is he's uh, his worst quality is skating. Which was probably Brown's worst quality, but he likes making people. He might, likes making his presence known. Always hitting people. Great shot. I don't know. If Brown had a great shot, but this guy has a great shot. The, the, only, the only knock on him is his skating. So we'll see. But once again, if he's a banger, I'll take him. Right. Yeah. We, we definitely need it. bangers. Yeah. We need all the bangers we can get in, on this team of uh, softies. Yep. Can we uh, fast track these two guys? Yeah. All right, fourth round, Hampton Slukinski, six foot one, one hundred and seventy nine pound goalie from America. Warwood High School, obviously. America. Yeah. Pretty sure that was uh, Mike's nickname in high school. Yeah. Slukinski. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. So, what do you think? They're just, they're just trying to find, just trying to like fill up the goalie uh, pool for yeah. the future, yeah. hoping All something right. happens with All this right. guy. Organization need this. That's what this draft was. Which is kind of nice. Isn't that what every draft is supposed to be? You draft what you need? Well, I know. A lot of people are saying 
F that. Let's just draft the best player available because you, you drafting what we need doesn't turn out. So, But we needed left-handed defensemen. We need goalies. We need guys that bang. Guess what we picked? We did all those things. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, we need uh, right-wingers, too, because we drafted three of them. So, Two of them. Never mind. All right. The player with the best name that we drafted in the fifth round, Matthew Mania. Six foot. That is a good that is a good one eighty seven pound right shot. D man out of Sudbury. Darren, what'd you think? I know you did, I know you did your research. What'd you think? Uh I think I, I didn't really I don't really know much past like the fourth round, fifth round guys, like those guys kind of fall under the radar, but uh everything I read was, you know, very positive and he was kind of he kind of fell to us a little bit. So I think um great pick like we we you just pick up talent at this area like guys fall you you take them so uh hopefully he develops into another sean jersey and we can trade him for a second round pick in a couple years and then take that second round pick and instead of drafting with it package him for another center right okay all right our last pick six round ryan conmy sorry ryan conmy five foot ten 170 right shot forward out of sioux city so with him what i like about that pick is that he he was the best player on his team and the team wasn't very good so you always have to start to wonder how good would he have been on a good team right so that there's there's some uh i think there's a little bit of upside there <laughs> i'm just i just you know when you're that deep into the draft here's a kid that that scored 33 goals in a season right you know it's like okay he knows how to shoot the puck you know, let's gamble. Let's do it. Actually, so, you know, I'm not I'm not like Mike and Darren that love Rob Blake. But <laughs> I got to say, I, I was okay with this draft. For what we had, I kind of like what we got. I'm, I'm okay with everything. So what would you grade uh, Rob Blake on the draft then? It wasn't Rob Blake. I, I grade this, the scouts. <laughs> I, I applaud Rob Blake for listening to his team. That's what I, that's what I applaud. I feel, like you said the, I feel like you said the opposite earlier, but okay. <laughs> so do you guys think there's another move coming or do you think another trade? There has to be, there has to be, we, we, there has to be another trade coming because we have no cap space. Well, so. Rob and Rob think we're good. We do. If we're running, we've got like 1.4, 1.5. Uh, if we're, we're not running scratches, if we're not running any scratches, then sure. We're fine. But that's running 12 forwards, 62 goalies. And that's it. We don't have a 13th forward or a 70th, and I don't think that's going to fly. So my, I, I think I think you could get away with trading. There's a world where you could trade like Lazat and Grunstrom, and those two open up space for three players instead of two and do three minimum guys. But I'm going to tell you right now uh, they're not going to trade Lazat. No, I, I was listening right. to Rob's boy, Rob yeah, Blake, yeah. and, he, and the reporters didn't talk about him. He jumped in and said, hey. Lazat is part of our core. He is our number four centerman, and he's yeah, he's he's staying at least yeah. for I this mean, season until the trade deadline. So, hundred percent. But I but at the end of the day, if, if they need to make a move and they don't want to move Roy, they don't want to move Arvidsson, they don't want to move more. They can trade Lazat and Grunstrom, so they can fit three players on the roster instead of two. But we're going to be up against it for a little bit there. So we'll see how it goes. Nothing wrong with being up against it, right, Rob? Nothing wrong. <laughs> Alright, Kings fans. Don't forget to like, subscribe. And what else, Rob? And share. <laughs> that is our show for today. Until next time, 
stay classy. And go Kings, go! Get back, baby. I'm back, baby. I will. That's yet to be determined. <laughs>